You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is At The Diner on the GGR Pirate Radio Network. Folks, we got a wonderful show in store for you this evening. We are going to be talking about The Boys Season 2, which you can catch on Amazon Prime. We're also going to be talking about Cobra Kai, but also to the whole Karate Kid franchise in general. We're going to be talking about that as well. But it's not just me. Oh, no. Not just Mike Lunsford. I've also got two awesome contributors on this podcast. The first one, you know him, you love him. He's our resident DJ slash rapper extraordinaire. Uh, you can catch all of his stuff on Bandcamp. You can just search MC Brooks, go to Bandcamp, throw the dude a couple of bucks. I just said his name, but he's the third leg of the podcast. His name is MC Brooks. If I were a Jedi, I would still be gripping food with force. If you know what I mean? God damn it. <laughs> that's, that's quite the inside joke. <laughs> I've also got, I would say, when it comes to art, when it comes to the drawn art, I would say he's our expert on this podcast, but also when it comes to all things media, when it comes to movies, when it comes to television shows. I mean, hell, look, look at that bookshelf with his many leather-bound books behind him. He's fancy, he's classy, you know him, you love him. His name is James Rambo. I've read many a picture book and will read many more. Where is this fucking link? God damn it. What are you it. looking for? <laughs> so somebody, <laughs> a comedian I follow on Facebook shared a political cartoon. It's from this year. Uh, it looks like it came uh, It came back. Came out, it was released as early as um, late June. Um, there's even a signature in there. And I've done like the reverse image search and I have got nothing. Uh, making this all the more irritating, uh, Charlie Barker, uh, Barker is the name of the artist. Okay. Charlie Barker is the name of a politician who apparently did did or said some dumb shit as they are wont to do. Yeah. Um, and so if you search like Barker political cartoon, <laughs> you just get a bunch about him, not by this person. And I don't, I don't know how else to go about this. Well, while you search. Let's talk about the biggest shit on television right now. Let's do that shit. Yeah. Let's talk about The Boys Season 2. We'll, we'll start with that, and then we'll, we'll go into uh, Cobra Kai and uh, The Karate Kid subsequently. So when it comes to The Boys, I, I really thought that there would be a little bit of fatigue on my part because the first season is so much. Like, it's not like – it's not like a little bit of violence here, a little bit of violence there sprinkled in, and like violence is it. No, there's very graphic sex scenes, there's nudity, there's just like visceral violence, like blood everywhere, guts, gore. It's just, it's intense, it's a lot, and it is dark. And like, I thought that I would go into season two and be like, maybe a few episodes in and just be like, you know what, I've had enough of this. Like, with all the dark shit that's happening in the world, I don't need more of this. But it was the exact opposite. I was like, give it all to me, and I want it now. Like, I, did you guys run into this as well? That, like, once you started it, you were like, I fucking can't stop this shit. I have to finish this. This is 
like I got to watch all of this right now. Yeah, I was I, I was kind of annoyed, and it's smart it's smarter on their part, but I'm annoyed as a fan that they decided this this uh, go around that they were going to do the weekly episode thing instead of just giving me all eight episodes to oh, yeah. watch all the way through. Yeah. Because I was I was I, I was in the the same boat as you. Like I'd watch an episode and see like I because I get up for work so early. Like I'm watching the boys at like 6:30 in the morning. Yeah. And it gets me all hype and I'm like. I need more. I need to cram this show into my veins, but I have to wait till next week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely frustrating to have to, to put it off week to week. Um, but Hey, it, it, it maintains those, uh, those prime subscriptions. So I get it. Yeah. That's Still for sure. Fucking irritating. I ended up, I waited. I just waited till the whole thing was done and then I, I watched it in chunks. I didn't watch it all at one time. I watched like, I want to say like two, two, three episodes here and then two more and then two more. Like it, it was, I spaced it out, but like I, once you get going with it, you're like, oh God, as soon as I'm done doing the thing that I have to do at work, I'm fucking watching the rest of this. Like it was, it was like that. And like, did you guys find that you enjoyed this season more than the first one? I... I'm inclined to say yes, uh, just because you get more. There's there's like greater character development. Um, there's just greater substance overall. Uh, I think that there there are there are much better attempts at like okay, we've um, we've sort of shown people the 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 kind of show we're gonna be. Now we can just be that show. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. funny because I, I I don't think that they I don't think that the second season is somehow like more tame. Like they weren't trying to like up the ante in the first season to to like you know get you to settle in and prepare for the second. Um, but it, it felt very much like um, you get much more of the stuff and you get much more of the actual. Um, meat of things and i i saw a lot more sort of overall through lines in terms of subtext yeah in the second season that, that i really appreciated okay mc what was your thought on this did you like this one more than uh, season one yeah yeah and and i, and I think it's exactly uh, because of what rambo mentioned like they didn't have to sell us on like the shock value of of this show and so because of that they can just kind of go in and tell the story that they wanted to tell, introduce the characters they want to introduce, set up the stories they wanted to do without having to rely on, hey, people are going to be really shocked by this in this episode. But it, they didn't have to do any of that. It's, it's kind of just it's, it's kind of just what you expect. And I found it to be a bit more streamlined uh, in that regard. I think they, they did a, a better job uh, in terms of their character development and some of the uh, arcs of, of the individual characters and kind of how those ended up intersecting at different parts and then ultimately uh, towards the end of the season as well. Um, and, and they did a good job of making you actually feel invested um, in each of the characters. Like even in someone like uh, Kimiko, Kimiko, who like is there, but like, I don't think when anyone thinks of the boys, thinks of her as like a main character, you're probably thinking of Butcher, Homelander and Huey and characters like that. But even someone like her and, you know, kind of introducing uh, her connection to Stormfront and the stuff with her brother. Like they, they kind of made you really invested in in uh, these different characters, um, some of which were introduced this uh, this season. And I, I I think they did a better job uh, this this go around than in uh, season one. Before we delve any further, I didn't do this at the beginning, and I probably should have. Uh, spoiler alert: we're not we're not holding back on this. We're we're talking about everything that's happened with this show. So if you have not seen season two of The Boys, then the best thing for you to do is just go ahead and skip to the Cobra Kai episode that we're gonna do because <laughs> we are not gonna hold back on this one. Um, I, I feel like it's been out long enough too for the for the most part that if you're gonna watch it, you're gonna watch it, and. At any at any rate, like the big thing for me was like you made a really really good point, Rambo. This this season didn't make the mistake that so many sequel seasons or sequel movies do, and that's up the ante. They didn't do that. They weren't like okay, well you like I just can picture like a um like a trailer in my head of like 
Twice as many guts, twice as many faces rips off, twice as many times as Homelander jerking off on top of a skyscraper. Like, <laughs> it didn't do that. It was, it was like, it didn't feel like it needed to up the ante because it was more invested in, like, let's tell a fucking good story. And, yeah, the first season sets the tone. The second season follows in that footstep of, like, this is what it's going to be. There were still some scenes, and I, I think I told you, Rambo, about it, that, like, there were some scenes that made me act like a uh, like a shocked mother, like, watching. Like, when Kamiko walks into that Russian bar and rips that dude's face off, I definitely, like, pulled, like, a... God oh, damn. Like, like <laughs> I covered my face like a concerned mother, like, oh, my. Like, if I had pearls, I would have clutched them. Oh, like, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, what are you doing? That's not a thing. That's not a thing people do. Ripped his it's face funny. off. You know, it's... Because you know, you know, we're saying they don't—they didn't really up the ante, um, and I—it doesn't feel like that's what they had to do, or like that was their goal. But they really did. Like the 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 level of visceral violence you get is amped up. You know, the the you know, um, there was a lot of talk about a couple of scenes that Amazon was like, "We're not, we're not letting you do that in the first season," and I. I read online that Homelander jerking off uh, on the Chrysler building or the Empire State building was one of those scenes. Yeah. Um, and then they changed their know, mind for season two. And that's now the season, <laughs> the, the season closer. Um, let them do it. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's not that they, they didn't amp it up. It's that that wasn't the focus. Yeah. I was really nervous going into this show because Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were attached. And I got nothing against them, like, personally or anything, but they adapted one of my favorite comics into one of my least favorite TV shows. Um, the, their fucking Preacher adaptation left me so cold and so sad. Yeah. <laughs> and when I, when I knew that they were going to be attached to this... I thought they were showrunners, and apparently they're just producers. Oh, um, okay, okay. But I, yeah, I thought they were showrunners, and I was like, "Fuck, they're gonna they're gonna do the exact same thing they did. They're going to make it really gross uh, and really sexual." Which, like, to be fair, they didn't really add much to Preacher, um, but that became their focus. Is hey, you know all like the big crazy gross stuff? That's gonna be the show. Um, while at the same time leaving out any amount of substance and any, like, like it was, it was, you know, <laughs> Preacher is a great example of, and, you know, most of Garth Ennis' stuff in general, um, Ennis being the, the guy who wrote both Preacher and The Boys. And um, some of the best Punisher shit ever. 100%. Yeah. His Punisher runs are fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the, the, the gross-out stuff is, I mean, it's big and crazy and fun, um, but it's the spoonful of sugar, because the medicine comes in in the subtext and, like, you know, talking about what does it mean to to have survived a war like Vietnam. Like, that's what his Punisher run is about. Um, and a lot of this comes back to Eric Kripke, which I didn't realize until a couple days ago. A friend of mine pointed out, Eric Kripke is the guy who created Supernatural. He was the showrunner for the right. first like five or six seasons. Which explains why Jensen Eccles is going to be um, Soldier Boy in season three. He's going to be Soldier yeah. Boy. Um, I, yeah, that, oh fuck, that's right. That was one yeah. of the, the casting decisions I, I, I had remembered and then forgotten about. Um, but uh, but yeah, and Kripke famously wanted, he was like, well, I'm, I'm done. I, I finished my, my Supernatural show and, and Warner Brothers is like, yeah, but more. It's really popular. <laughs> more, 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 more. And he's like, okay, I guess I'll be like a consultant now because my story's done. Um, but yeah, no, that show could have easily fallen into we're just going to do gross out shit. And instead, you're getting commentaries on racism and white supremacy and, you know, the the overarching, like, what does it mean to be powerful and, and what kind of responsibility do you have from that? Um yeah, I I am thoroughly fucking impressed with with what yeah. they managed to do with that show. I'm really excited about what's going to come for the uh, the third season. 
And they managed to do those, the, the racism and the white supremacy and the alt-right and like the ultra-conservative like fear tactics and fear-mongering that's being used right now. And really like it didn't beat you over the head with it. It wasn't like, okay, we got it. Thanks. Like it was, it was subtle enough that it was like interesting. And like when you caught it, you were like, oh fuck. Okay. I get it. I see it now. Like that, that's what I appreciated about it. I can't stand when a metaphor just gets repeated over and over and over again. And they're like, did you get it? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I got it. <laughs> like it, if you wrote it well enough, I would have gotten it the first time. You don't yeah. have to keep reminding me. Like it's, it was it was really good. I really enjoyed that um, Huey like grew as a character, but also he's he's um, I'm trying to think of the term like the best term to describe him. I love that he's he is who he is, and like he understands. Going to think that he's not manly enough, but he's like, no, I fucking love Billy Joel, and like I love Billy Joel, you know, like and he's and he calls Starlight and he leaves her that cheesy ass voicemail. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> That was so adorable. It was like it's like all it's like all of us would have like left as as like twenty somethings to like some girl that we really like. You're you're my heart and inspiration, just like that that song by Chicago. You know, like it, yeah, it was just yeah, it was it was really good. I really like him. The more and more I see of Jack Quaid, uh, he looked way more like his dad in this season than uh, he looked like Colin Firth. Because in the first season, I was just like, who is that guy? Yeah, like it, it was he. He his character development is great. I thought that Carl Urban and his use of the c word would get old, and it doesn't. <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't know why I haven't gotten tired of it. I figured I would. That's he's just incredibly charming son of a bitch. Like yeah. that dude is just built of charisma. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Katie when we were watching the first season. Uh, and I'm looking. I'm just. I'm looking at fucking Carl Urban. I'm like, that motherfucker. He is one of the few men that looks just as good with a beard as without one, and that is unreasonable. How fucking dare you? Um, <laughs> it's unfair. I shaved my beard off at like a fat twelve year old. You know. Like, <laughs> and like, oh, big old lump of person. Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, I. They do so many smart things. Yeah. Um, in this season and, um, you know, like the, the, the theme of family and how it's not just it, it's not nature or nurture. It is a combination of the two, yeah. but it is a combination of the two. Like if you only have one, you can go the wrong way very easily. Um, and like we can all agree he was going to beat that kid to pace at the end of that, that episode. Right. Like. There's oh, no you're talking way about like after murder that child. Oh yeah, yeah. After he, after the, um, what's the, what's the kid's name? Ryan. After Ryan incinerated uh, Stormfront. Uh huh. Um, that he was gonna beat Ryan to death with the crowbar, like into a fine pate. Like <laughs> <laughs> he was gonna kill that little boy. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I can't say for sure that he wasn't, but at the same time, I was really hoping you wouldn't. Cause I saw that look in his eye and I was like, fuck. And like, I honestly, like, as I'm watching it, I don't know if you guys do this too. Sometimes I'll just sit back and watch shit. And I'm like, let's just see how it plays out. But sometimes I'm like, yeah. oh, I think I know what the next step is going to be. I thought he was going to do it, grab the crowbar, turn on Ryan and see the look on Ryan's face and not be able to do it because we've seen that he has a heart when he was right. like, no, fuck it. I'm getting in the car with them and driving away. I was like, OK, he's mad in the moment because Becca's dead. But like, yeah, Ender showed up in the whole fucking thing. Like, yeah, it yep. was like and so well done, too. When when Queen Maeve shows up, she's like, that's cool. I have blackmail. <laughs> oh my god hey kraut is my favorite moment in the entire season the fucking wonder woman analog beats the shit out of the nazi it was so wonderful. perfect yeah oh god it was wonderful and i gotta give credit to that act actress too because um i know her first name is aya a-y-a and i cannot remember her last name akash, I gotta look her up. akash? okay yeah, oh yeah I guess. yeah yeah yeah, Aya Cash. Yeah, she's Jewish. And to she play a, and to play a role like that, that's like, wow. Like, 
you gotta you gotta come from a place. I mean, that's that's some commitment right there to to yeah. say some of those words that she said and like do it as well as she did. That's that's fucking powerful, dude. Like that and, woman and, said. Go ahead, man. I say, and and you you also kind of run the risk when you when you do that of becoming one of those actors who only gets associated with that one particular role because yeah. you played it so well. And it's not necessarily um, a good thing, I guess, in, in, in her case, too. Um, with, but in terms of Stormfront, I mean, she's she's someone, um, I think in terms of revealing exactly who she was over the course of the season, I love how they handled it. Because when I initially saw the name, I know you both probably thought the same thing I thought, because I know what Stormfront, like, what, like, what yeah. did I, yeah. That was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like... Wait, is she supposed to be a and instead of just like showcasing it or making it super obvious from episode one, you were just kind of like, oh, she she kind of comes off like these like, you know, uh, over the top white feminist chicks. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Like that's yeah. that, that's how that's how she came off at first. And then slowly but surely, like over the next two to three episodes, you're like, oh, she's actually really fucking racist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The and woman like, the fact that she was able to say white genocide seriously and with a straight face. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And fucking Anthony Starr is just like, What? <laughs> like, even he even, even he was like Yeah. I love that meme going around. I was like, you know how fucked up you gotta be for Homelander to give you that look? <laughs> But oh, like so good. the whole turn with her, like I, I saw it coming, and I think I might have messaged you, and I was like, I bet you she's that bitch, Liberty. Like, <laughs> like I just because I saw like that coming, but then I was like, oh wait, no, oh Liberty's a Nazi. Oh fuck, she's like 120 years old. Oh shit, uh-huh. like that got me. But then like also the other thing that got me too was like I thought that like Homelander was just gonna snap and kill her, and then I was like, oh no, he's gonna, oh he's gonna fuck her. Oh. Right, well, I this makes that sense. Was, okay, yeah. Like well, I was gonna say that from the uh, like you did. Did y'all think that was gonna happen from the beginning? Because I saw when the, from the their first interaction, I was like, oh, Homelander's gonna Homelander's gonna be attracted to her. Like it's I don't I don't see this as a as a as a thing of you know he's 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 just gonna want to kill her off snap. I feel like like because of how she is and yeah, uh, like I, I I felt like I saw that coming. So like I wasn't surprised when you know, that scene happened. It wasn't so much surprise. It was more so like, I figured that he had such a mommy complex, like with Madeline Stilwell, that like, he wasn't going to be able to have a functional relationship with another woman. But then like, it makes sense that the genocidal white supremacist. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Like, let me bang this chick. Cause I can vaporize her, her breastplate with my laser vision and it just grows back. Okay, cool. I can do whatever I want to her. Like, that made a lot of sense, and I was like, "Oh, this is gross." Like it was, and I uh, and I also kind of looked at it from that from that thing from that trope of, like when they have you have characters who uh, who seem are seemingly so opposite, but it turns out that they're not that opposite, and they're actually really attracted to each other. Yeah, like sure. that's what I that's exactly what I saw happening there. Like Homelander didn't actually hate her; he was no. he, he he was just really angry about not getting his way and things not going mm-hmm. off. And I was like, he's going to hate fuck Stormfront. Like, even oh, yeah. if he genuinely doesn't like it, he's, he is planning to hate fuck her at some point. I have this angry boner and I don't know why. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, the the whole storyline with them is such a great example of, um, you know, it, it's, it's a really great microcosm of uh, the way white supremacists work as well. Is, you know, it's, it's what we were talking about earlier about uh, YouTube. Um, where it's designed to incite a reaction. You know, she doesn't give a shit if you're, you know, if you're happy about it. If you're angry, that's fine too, because angry means engaged. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I am most impressed with with Anthony Starr's performance is his ability to become a child. Like he can turn on being a little kid at these moments that it's so effective Um, because and like I look I don't 
I don't sympathize really with Homelander. Like he's a monster. Yeah. Um, but it's hard not to see what he went through and how he was raised and how he's been treated his entire life and not feel, you know, at least and not at least understand why this guy is the way he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, w- one of the things I really liked about this second season the most was the way that they drew these parallels between him and Butcher. Um, yeah. Wherein they're, you know, to some degree, they're almost like they're really similar in a lot of ways, um, you know, where 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 Homelander didn't get enough attention or any kind of uh, uh, or, or any real love from from a, uh, an adult when he was a kid. You know, Billy got got a lot. He had a lot of attention is just, you know, it was all fucking horrible abuse and fucking John Noble. Oh, my yes. God. John Noble coming in the clutch so fucking good um like that dude showing up uh and being such a wonderful bastard yeah um you know like like the if if anybody's not picking up what i'm talking about uh, anybody listening um look at homelander's interaction with dr vogelbaum look at their their scene together and then rewatch butcher's scene with Vogelbaum. The Vogelbaum scene, like, from season one with Homelander. Yes. Yeah. Because those two, it, th- those are designed to be the same scene. Uh, the big difference is when we see Vogelbaum initially, he's walking. And when Homelander leaves, he's in a wheelchair. But Billy's not threatening him. Billy is there to be as ruthless as possible to get his his ends met. Um... And it's like, oh, if that means I have to kill your daughter and her family and their family, cool, that's fine. I'll do it, and I'll make sure they know why I did it. Um, because Billy has become, you know, a fucking monster uh, in pursuit of his goals, mm-hmm. um, and and like, and in terms of where he came from, um, and that's you know when 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 his aunt is talking to Huey about like how important Huey is in terms of grounding him. Um, that's what she means. If you lose the Huey character, Butcher becomes like a straight up monster. The only difference between him and Homelander is, and this is what makes Butcher actually worse. Homelander is reactionary, right? He ha- like he has wants and needs, but for the most part, if he does something bad, it's because it's it's uh, he's been provoked and he just reacts to it. Butcher is considerate. He is fucking thinking about the horrible shit he's going to do and how it's going to affect people and how that can meet his ends. Now, to some degree, Homelander has become that because of Stormfront, but even still, he doesn't really have the emotional maturity to be that conniving yet. At least I don't think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not well thought out. Yeah, and that yeah. shit is he's not a tac- scary. He's not a tactician. But and if anybody, for anybody who's read the comic, which I won't give any specifics away, um, if they do a thing that they did in the comic toward the end of the story, Butcher's going to get even scarier. So... Well, food for thoughts there, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking lot. I gotta um, say, I love whenever they do a story like this and they end a season and you don't know what they're going to do next. Because with season two, season one ends on a pretty big cliffhanger where it's like, fuck, what's going to happen next? Like, how are they going to how are they going to get out of this mess kind of thing with season three? Season two kind of neatly tied that up because at the end, everybody's in check. Like Queen Maeve's basically got Homelander by the balls. Starlight gets back into the seven like eight trains back in the seven. Exactly, which, I mean, he's going to die. He's going to have a heart attack for crying out loud. Like, I mean, that dude's just, like, hanging on by a thread. Um, but, like, all of it just seems like it's it, it's in a place where it's peaceful. So I just – I can't wait to see season three because, like, what are they going to do to upset that peace? And, like, the X factor in all of this was the the analogy for Scientology played by uh, the Dr. Luca from ER. Um <laughs> 
And like that that twist at the end when they when they was like, sorry, deep, we're gonna go with A train. I was like, you motherfucker. I was like, <laughs> Deep has worked so hard. He's worked so well. His his gills that are voiced by Patton Oswald and him are finally like <laughs> they're finally at peace with each other. And like I kind of felt bad for the deep, even though again, he is a piece of shit. Like at yeah. least like he realized it and his life was crumbling because of it. And like he was like, oh, he's going to have this redemption arc. He's going to be back in the seven. They're like, no, no, you're out. Like that was, that was, that was kind of awesome. And I, I really thought that that was going to be the X factor until, you know, Dr. Lucas head exploded. And that was like, you want to talk about a, like a shocking reveal seeing that it was the frigging congressman or congresswoman as it were. Yeah, I was trying to remember where her uh, where her name was. Oh, 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 oh. Um, Congressman Newman, is that right? Newman, yeah, Newman, yes. Newman, yeah, yeah. Newman. <laughs> Newman. Yeah, yeah like, it, AOC. AOC just blew up that yeah, guy's it, head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the same thing I was thinking. Okay, I'm glad everybody <laughs> same saw that. Here. Yeah, it was AOC. Oh, what yeah. other show was I watching where there was a? Oh, Space Force. Space Force has another very clearly obvious like this is AOC. I'm so curious what she thinks of these characters that are popping up. Um, I have to pop in her next Twitch stream. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Out. Yeah, play some mangas with her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's a great it's a great exploration of unchecked power, um, and like you know for for to to speak to you know further about Stormfront and Homelander's attraction to each other, um, Homelander has never had anybody really tell him no. Like yeah. Maeve has disagreed with him. Yeah. And uh, she's ultimately uh, afraid of him. Yeah, and, and, like, and that, and that's really what I mean is it's he's never had anyone tell him no that can really back it up. Um, and the whole like Stormfront being like you're our perfection, like the blonde-haired, yeah, blue-eyed, yeah. super uh, ubermensch, and, and like that was creepy because it's also like a you know a hundred and ten year old woman like banging a dude who's in his thirties. Like that, I mean that's cool, yeah. you know, if that's what you're into. But like, yeah, dude, that was some shit. And like <laughs> some centigenarian porn. <laughs> that's if that's your thing, you like hundred year old ladies. Rule thirty four. <laughs> well what, you want to talk about rule thirty four. First off, the fact that they had the seven porn in yeah the boys like yeah. and he, and they which, were watching which, it together. Which, which was filmed for the show and uh -huh. the showrunners actually want to release it they 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 actually want to like release it to uh some of these sites out here there is a character from the comics that they filmed a porn scene of that is not it's it's in the character that's in the seven called jack from jupiter and he's the martian manhunter stand-in and there is a Jack from Jupiter porn scene that Eric Kripke is like, we really want to put it out. We really want to put it out. <laughs> See, from reading up on the boys, I figured they were going to do something with Tech Knight. Because isn't Tech Knight like, like a sexual deviant where he wants to have sex with like meteorites and shit like that? Like he just wants to bang everything. And not people. He yep. just wants to like, like, I want to bang this desk. I want to bang this microphone. Yep. Like, yeah. You're, Tech you're... Knight, I, if I recall correctly, Tech Knight dies saving the Earth by fucking an asteroid. Yeah. yeah, I think I read that. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> um, I think he's supposed to be like a Batman, a Batman slash Iron Man amalgam, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the you know, um, Black Noir and him are both sort of like different versions of the Batman analog. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's and it's it's, I mean it's it's played for laughs as you know lots of really yeah. awful dark shit is. Um, but it is also like him him looking at uh his robin analog and be like i, I gotta get the fuck out of here <laughs> and like you know trying to control himself <laughs> and succeeding um yeah yeah I'd... um <laughs> oh man how'd you guys yeah. feel about black noir this season because he had a much more involved role than i feel like in season one. Oh god yeah yeah, but he he's he's an interesting character. Like the fact that he was, uh, why did I just blank on his name? Um, Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, he was Giancarlo Esposito's essentially like enforcer, and like I thought that was an interesting take on it. Like he's just 
like he's the company man basically like you need somebody taken out he's going to be your assassin to do it but like the tree nut allergy like was was weird <laughs> because Have you heard the like story behind that no 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 the actual actor has a nut allergy and um uh what's the guy who plays butcher can't think of his name right now carl urban carl yeah, urban. like he he apparently overheard it and like went to the writers and was like, we have to include this. And so that's how that became like part of part of it, uh, uh, part of the season. That's so good. And it's such a great, like simple way to solve those problems. Yeah. Like, well, how do you, how do you fight him? You, no, you don't, you, you will die. Like he's as strong and as fast as anybody else on the team, barring Homelander. And he's a fucking ninja. Like, yeah. no, you're gonna die. And and I'm curious as to who what he is because isn't he like a Homelander clone in the comics or something uh, like that? I think. Uh, yeah, I thought he was too. And it was like if Homelander gets out of like if yeah, he's like out of Hom- check. Yeah, then he's supposed to like uh, take him out or something. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I remember reading, and I and I remember seeing something about how like his character deviated from that in the show. So I'm, I'm curious what their like what their plans are for him because he doesn't appear to be, you well, they, know. They pretty much took him out too because they were like he's in a coma, at the end of the season because of the, yeah. And like it it's messed up that like the way Queen Maeve took him out was that, and then he's reaching for his epipen and she just kicks it across the room. Yeah. Like it wasn't even like a finishing blow. She was just like, "Go get your epipen, bitch!" And I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, like break his neck or something. But like, just to leave him more cruel. It is. <laughs> yes. it's the date. <laughs> oh, you need this. You need this. Toss. Like, oh man. But like, now I'm thinking of all those visceral scenes. Like when when friggin' lamplighter like lights himself on fire in front of the statues. I was just like, wow. Okay, that. All right, that's a that's a decision. And then Huey's like, "Oh, I need his hand," and he just like, <laughs> his hand. I was like oh. yeah, just carrying I, it around. Like, as as messed up as this show is, um, and I'm I'm a big fan of Garth Ennis, but Garth Ennis has a tendency to fall into the same trap that a lot of older male comic book writers does, uh, or do rather, um, which is, ah, we need something really messed up. Well. How about a rape? That's pretty fucked up. Like, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. That is super fucked up. But do we do we really need any more of that? Like, I feel like we're full up on rape. Like we we've hit our our quota. We're 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 good. Yeah. We don't need any more. Yeah. How about we put like a moratorium on that for a decade? See where it takes us. How about we just don't? No more. There's yeah. lots of other shocking things we can do. Let's just stay away from that. Yeah. I'm 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 with you on that one. It's it makes sense from a writer's standpoint because it's the it's one of the most awful things that can happen to somebody without killing them. It's a horribly heinous act. Like I yeah. I get it, um, but it's it also tends to be the the fallback of like, well we have a, a strong female character. Why is she so strong? Oh I know. Um, yeah. It, it just it reads very much like men who are it reads very much like men writing women. Um, and right, and tr- basically trying to write them as men, um, without really knowing what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm very glad that the the show does not veer nearly into that territory as much uh, as you get from from a lot of the comic. Um, yeah, because that yeah, first that absolutely first right. scene, Blackmore is a a clone of uh of Homelander. You look at that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and way more fucked up shit happens with him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 fucking comic ends. Man, it is bloody and involved. Um, so I'm really curious to see what uh, uh, what's ha- basically how they're gonna approach some of this stuff in the uh, in the the series overall. Because yeah. um, there's, I don't know. I mean, this is this is a spoiler, but it's also like like not a shock. Like it's one of those things. If you think about it, you can put it together. Do you guys want to hear it? Yeah, go ahead, sure. do it. Um, Compound V. They start using Compound V. So the boys can actually fight the soups. Mm, okay. um, no shit. Yeah. And, like, they, like, like Vaught manages to make it stable. 
Um, and actually, I, I think in the in the comic, it's it's sort of like stable from jump. Like you know, the, they managed to work out all the bugs years back. Um, so that becomes like I think it's like one of the more common things that the the boys do is they just pop a pill or they'll have an injection. Um, so you get like Butcher and Homelander going at it. Ooh. Uh, and I'm really curious. And I, I won't say what else. There's there's another big thing that happens with that with regard to that that I won't go into. Um, but I'm very curious to see those things all kind of all come to a head and all coalesce. Yeah. Uh, I actually kind of like yeah. that they haven't done that, that that's not a thing, that like the only soup they really have on their side is Kamiko. I mean, and, yeah, Starlight, and Starlight to a certain, yeah. yeah, to a certain degree. Yeah. But yeah, again, it's, 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 it's talking about, you know, control over power. Like yeah. Kamiko, she's, she's, she's developed the control. Like anything she's doing now She's not like just some 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 crazy broad who's just attacking people. Like she's making conscious choices. And Starlight is very powerful, but it's all things that she has complete control over. Yeah. Um, whereas with like she's not going to be the same kind of reactionary that like Homelander or or most of the Seven are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's ugh, fuck. I I also like there was some fucking article. Not too long ago, from like Vulture or or Slate or some somebody uh, talking about how like this is the this is the the death of the superhero as we know it. Shut the fuck up. Is it though? <laughs> is it? Is it really? Like, fuck off. Like, I'm so sick it's of that so, shit. Oh God. Was it, it was it an article me. written by Victor von Doomcock? <laughs> uh, Doctor Dichter von Doomcock. <laughs> Thank you. I'll have How you know. You? DDS. <laughs> I went to fake medical school. Like, uh, <laughs> you will refer to me as doctor. I did not spend three years at evil medical school. But yeah, it uh, it's just that that same weak ass take on like, well, this is gonna this this is gonna subvert the entire genre and then undo all of it. It's like, yeah, oh no, I I hope there's no serious superhero takes like Watchmen from like 1984 yeah right that would be oh that would just destroy the industry or squadron supreme from around the same time oh no what would they do it's just if you it's people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about having long and loud opinions about things it yeah. makes my balls itch i just ugh. <laughs> it's funny because uh, the boys the the showrunner for the boys recently did an interview too where he is blatantly taking shots at marvel for some reason yeah it's like that like he like it came out that um that the scene of of the three the three ladies uh beating the shit out of stormfront was a direct response to like the a-force uh reference in endgame the a-force scene in endgame okay yeah What's wrong with that, though? Well, what do you mean? What's wrong with the response or what's wrong with the scene? Well, no, like I'm saying, like, OK, so, I mean, like if, if they're responding to the A-Force scene, like, I mean, I don't see an issue with that because I thought that scene in The Boys was was kind of dope. Just watching the three of them just like just just beat the brakes off of Stormfront. That was awesome. I thought it was great. Like and it was it was and like you said, you know, hey Kraut, like that was such a great line. Like I think what it is 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 part like it's as I think all three of us enjoyed the the scene in Endgame, but for a lot of people, uh they were like, oh it's fan service, it's forced, so uh, on and so yeah, forth. So like the way so they're like they're saying that the way like that that the boys executed it that it made sense that that it made sense for what was going on in the scene and it wasn't just some you know hey we'll just throw our, all the women superheroes together for this scene just because we want to do it i mean they really weren't doing that in endgame because <laughs> there was a giant war to stop a guy who had wiped out half of life and all of the universe so a collection of superheroes getting together to fight this bat oh man they're all women oh man what a great shot that makes it does because it's fucking cool <laughs> like yeah. 
Which Who is literally cares? the reason it was in Endgame. They literally said, we just thought the scene was fucking cool, so we left it in there. Like, I I understand the, the counter-argument to it. And I, I agree. I think that, that scene's fucking cool. Um, but the a lot of the counter-argument I've heard is it doesn't feel earned. Yeah. It felt like... It felt like it felt like a bunch of dudes being like, "Oh, let's throw a bone to all the girls here, oh. here, girls." Yeah, we put all the girl characters together so you guys can go and buy merch and shit. Um, like, I I know people who are who are very divided on that uh, because on the one hand they're like, "Oh, this is fucking cool that they're all working together and we got that shit," but it's also like, it's also the only scene like that in. 22 movies over a decade um yeah, where we have any of that fair. kind of interaction yeah. um and like yeah when, when kripke was talking about it he said i think it was one of the producers uh whose woman was was uh talking about the um that specific scene it was just like don't fucking get me started i just ugh. but yeah i i don't know i i wonder how much of that was also like you know, you hear about a lot of these these interviews and these these uh, like I didn't read the interview that quotes from, so I don't know the context before or after it. Um, but a lot of that ends up a lot of times being like, you know, prompts from the from the the writer and you know like you know I'm gonna kind of amp you up like like gas you up and then like watch you go. Um, so I I don't think yeah. I don't think that Eric Kripke is is. I'm not. How about to put this? I'm not saying he doesn't think that. I think he obviously does think that. Um, but I do think that there is something to be said for like how much of it was um, uh, provoked, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I have the quote here if you want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it says, uh, "Quote: As for girls, get it done. A lot of that came from our executive producer Rebecca." Uh, Sunshine, I guess that's how you say her name, who came in after the weekend endgame opened, and she was furious. I saw it, too, and I was like, that was the dumbest, most contrived. And she's like, don't get me started. She found it condescending, and I agreed. So that created for us a target, a satirical target. When there's something really ridiculous in either superhero or celebrity or Hollywood culture, we'll immediately go after it. It's an easy shot. That makes sense. Like, I'm not even... Yeah. yeah, Yeah, I'm with that. Like, that's... Yeah, like in watching Endgame, but I mean, it also makes sense, too, because I'm not being represented in that scene, obviously. So it doesn't really register to me. I never saw it. And I was like, oh, all the chicks are together and that's dope. And it's the greatest thing ever. I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, that was it. (laughs) Like it was it was not a thing to me. And it just it it's not that it didn't register. I mean, it's awesome. You know, hey, great. But like I didn't put any more thought into it. Does that make sense? Sure. It was yeah. it, it, it wasn't a thing, but it makes sense that like a female showrunner would be like, let me tell you about this bullshit and how I feel like it was yeah. like a bunch of nonsense. Like, it totally makes sense. Yeah, I'm 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 with that now. Okay. I I remember having uh, similar conversations about Fat Thor, and how a lot of people had very negative reactions to that, and yeah. I can understand why you would have a negative reaction to that, but uh, I did not. Yeah, I same. am a fat man with same. depression. Yep. And <laughs> it was fucking dope to see myself represented on screen. Um, and it was one of those times, it was it was one of the few times where, you know, as a, uh, uh, as a sort of straight presenting white man, I could be like, that doesn't, that's not really about you. And so if you haven't experienced it, I don't give a shit what you have to say about okay. it. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a shared moment from, for us Rambo, because like as somebody who's dealt with loss and dealt with PTSD and like looking at the shit that your life inadvertently turns into, even though you didn't want it to be, you sit there, you look in the mirror, you step on the scale, you're like, fuck, how did this happen? And you're like, oh, wait, that's right. Pizza's always my friend. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yep. to see that, like, and I'm not going to like try to discount actually like people of color, women feeling representation, because let me tell you, there's plenty of white dudes on the screen. I got that. Like, it's to see a character that's so like... How many times did we hear, oh, Thor is just eye candy for the ladies? How many times did we oh, hear yeah. that? Yeah. 
And then for them in Endgame to be like, oh, he's just eye candy. <laughs> Wait till you see what we do to him. Like, but not only that, it felt organic. It felt real. That was the big thing is it wasn't like, hey, let's put somebody in a fat suit and just have them dance around and do fat people shit. Like it was real. It was like you said, it was earned. Like he, yeah. that was earned because of what he had gone through. And I thought yep. I, I couldn't see why anybody would have a problem with it. And that's why I made the payoff of I'm still worthy so much more worth it. Fuck. Yeah. That hits yeah. me so hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I I can see why, why it upsets people. Um, because, you know, you do have somebody who has put on a bunch of depression weight. Um, and people are, like, poking fun at him. Uh, and oh, that aspect of yeah. it. There's okay. jokes about I, it. I thought you were saying that, like, I can't believe they made Thor fat. No, because no, Tony Stark no, no, was no. a it, dick it to was, him. You know? Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, you know, yeah. the jokes from Rocket and the jokes from Hawkeye and, uh, like, there, yeah, there's, there's, what is it, Hawkeye, Rocket, yeah. uh, uh, Rhodey. Tony says something. Tony too. has it. Tony, yeah, Tony, Tony calls, calls him Lebowski. Lebowski. Yeah. Um, and like, a couple things about that. One. Friends fuck with each other. Yeah. That's first and foremost. Yeah. Two, um, they're not all friends. And Rocket has shown he's a fucking asshole. He's the asshole you want in your corner, but he's yeah. an asshole. Like, yeah. he he makes a point of stealing people's prosthetics. Like, that's <laughs> funny to him. Um, it's funny to me, too. I mean, it is yeah. funny. <laughs> but he's still a dick. Yeah. Um, and, like... Hawkeye, I mean Hawkeye is Broy Broerson, so I'm not shocked. What did he? What did Hawkeye say? I don't Hawkeye, remember. Hawkeye and Rhodey have a moment uh, when he when Thor is talking about the Aether, um, where where I think yeah Thor says something about like you know do you, you know what runs through my veins and and Hawkeye's like cheese whiz or something <laughs> like that. Um, it's a funny joke, uh, uh, but it's also like you know people people cope with. Thor coped with his loss in his way, which was he crawled into a bottle and he ate like shit and didn't take care of himself. And the flip side of that is people cope with big changes in certain ways. And sometimes that means making shitty jokes. It doesn't make yeah. it okay, but that's their reaction. Um, so yeah, like I, it was one of those times where I, I, I definitely got, um, you know, like, hey, I understand if this bothers... There was a person that I've been following on Twitter for a while um, who themselves was, you know, a fairly sensitive person and, and was very aggressive in a lot of ways. Um, and they said something about Fat Thor and how it bothered them. And I said, well, you know, I I, I understand that, it, you know, that it bugs you. Um, but for me, you know, like, that was a chance for me to see, like, really... Like, obviously, like, like Mike said, there's fucking white guys everywhere. Um... But the specificity of it, like I have never been a th I haven't been a thin guy since I was about 12 years old, but I put on probably 40 or 50 pounds, if not more, about five years ago. And it's just been following me around um, and getting to see not just a fat guy, but somebody who put on that weight because of some awful, depressing hardship he went through. That was like when me and Katie went and saw Wonder Woman for the first time. Um, she teared up during the like sparring scenes, and we talked about it later. And she's like, "I didn't realize how important that was to me until I saw it. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't, I didn't know I needed to see that." Um, and yeah, seeing Thor, like, yeah, the, I'm still worthy. Like, fuck. Also, like. Anybody who bitches about, uh, um, is it Frigga? No. Frigga, yeah. Yeah, Frigga being like, eat a salad. Shut up. Every single mom of a fat kid has yes. said that. Yeah. Every yep. single one of them. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's not about fat shaming. It's about, like, clearly you're unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, you know, let's, I'm all for body positivity if you, you know, if you are happy, you should be, you should love who you are, no matter what size you are. But can we do away with the fucking bullshit that says if you're, you know, 
that that fat and and health are somehow though they've been mysteriously linked and they have nothing to do with each other fuck off miss me with that bullshit like let me let me tell you let me tell you okay when i was 190 pounds and could run two miles in under 14 minutes and could do 15 pull-ups and 65 push-ups in two minutes i was in really good shape Guess what I can't do now? Any of that. <laughs> there is a link between health and weight and obesity. Like, it's a thing. It doesn't make me less pretty. I I love fat me. Fat me is awesome. But at the same time, too, I would love less fat me, too. Like, and less fat me would have less health problems and less possibility of heart disease and lots of other things that would become an issue when you carry weight for extended periods of time. Like, you don't have to be on the defensive all the time. I get it. And I understand that people, that fat people especially have been treated like shit for years. And fat is beautiful. But you know what else it is? It can be unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that. It, it, there's a, there's yeah. a big difference between, um, between saying – first of all, don't fucking start commenting on any stranger – about their fucking weight like yeah that's nope. just what an that's, asshole yeah. does <laughs> um nope 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 <laughs> yeah like the idea that that you know yeah she's gonna care about her son flat out yeah. she's as long as she's known him he's been built like a god no pun intended and she's even she's like whoa that's a dramatic change um and to piggyback on what mike was saying I didn't put on those 50 pounds by eating salads and running laps. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was nobody, fucking tasty yeah. cake. Got real close and personal. <laughs> nobody uh, nobody yeah. who is constantly hitting the gym, eating healthy, avoiding soda, avoiding sugar. Nobody is like, how the hell did I get this extra 60 pounds? No, it's the, <laughs> it's the well, it's midnight, but you know what I want? Denny's. Like, that's yeah. what does it. Like, nobody – yeah. <laughs> We've yeah. – We've we've gone off yeah. on a tangent here. Um, let's wrap up our um, our boys season two conversation. Overall, like I was super impressed with this, more so than season one. Not to say that I didn't like season one because season one had to set the groundwork for season two. But season two, I felt like had a lot more substance to it. It was like there was a lot more story going on. I felt like, but again, you had to set the tone in the first season. So if you haven't seen it and you listen to this and you, you know, don't hate spoilers, you know, Hey, you should still watch it because it's still worth watching. Even though we pretty much told you everything was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's still plenty that wasn't, uh, wasn't discussed. Yeah. Um, actually, I have a question for you, Rambo, actually. Yeah, uh, what, what can you tell us about, uh, who Jensen Eccles is going to be playing in season three? The soldier uh, boy character. God, I, so I think he's one of the earliest Vaught experiments. Like he's, I think Soldier Boy is the. It's been a, it's been so fucking long since I read the voice. I just read an article about. I mean, he's Captain America. Yeah, he's the Captain okay. America. Yeah. yeah, he's he's um you know he is the first successful uh, compound V experiment. Um, so like this is going to be a World War II flashback. Um, I'm really curious to see if they try to like bring him into modern time and and if so like how that's going to work um but i think for the most part it's going to just be like this is going to be when we flash back to frederick vaught like doing the actual experimentation on on people and shit um yeah i uh fuck i'm really excited about that next season i am i am definitely excited about that as well and i have to piggyback on something that mc brooks said um a while back uh anthony Starr, if he's not cast as a reverse flash <laughs> like that fucking dude would nail that role he would be eobard thawne so goddamn well like i couldn't you just see him saying like some of those lines like the um i'm trying to remember exactly how how it's worded you had it as a meme earlier mc where it's like um i don't even understand the reasons why time it's like i could just see him saying oh, yeah. some arrogant bullshit like that like like just hating the Flash for no yeah. good reason. Like, I came back just to destroy you, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't you see him saying that to Ezra oh, Miller? Yeah. God. Yeah. I, I would. I could totally I'm, see. Yeah. It. Excited. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm all in. So and like, that's if the other thing. I watch Banshee. Go watch Banshee. It's fucking ridiculous. It is so much fun. It has one of the most 
visceral fucking injuries I've ever seen in anything ever. What is this now? Banshee? Banshee? Is the show he was on on uh, Showtime? Never seen it. So I I will sell you on this. uh, Like the, the pilot does an amazing job. Anthony Starr plays a criminal who has just gotten out of prison and immediately is like, I need to follow up on some shit from when, when I first went in. Um, he goes looking for his ex-girlfriend. He finds her. Uh, I'm skipping past a lot of stuff. Finds her in this shitty little town uh, in Pennsylvania called Banshee. Um, she is now remarried. She has a whole other life. And she's basically like, fuck you. Get the hell out. So he leaves uh, um, not knowing what the fuck he's going to do. Uh, and he goes to this little dive bar. And while he's there, the new sheriff of the town shows up. It's he's his first day is tomorrow. You know, the the mayor knows he's coming, but that's really it. A bar fight ensues with some, you know, some local ruffians uh, and the fucking sheriff gets killed in the process. And so new criminal guy and owner of the bar are like, well, shit, we have a bunch of bodies in here. Let's get rid of them. So they just go out to the fucking woods and bury everybody. And while they're burying the sheriff, his cell phone goes off. And so new criminal guy picks up and goes, yep, it's me. I'll see you tomorrow. And so that's the show. Dude is posing as a small town sheriff. No shit. In an effort to like get back with his girlfriend. Um, it is dirty as hell. It is violent as fuck. Um, like the, the primary antagonist throughout the series is a, uh, an Amish crime Lord that has been <laughs> shunned by his parents for what he does. Um, this is fantastic, <laughs> but there's, yeah, there's like, Oh God, yeah. there is a fight between, um, and that's the thing. Like I keep telling him like the sheriff, I don't know if they ever say what his name is. Um, like he goes by the, the, the sheriff's name. Um, but I don't know if you ever hear what his actual name is. Um, there's a, uh, um, there's a, there's a, a, uh, an Indian casino that is like, there's a a small reservation, um, near Banshee, uh, and they have a casino and, you know, and so like that, that becomes like a whole other subplot of the show as well. Um, but they've just opened a new, a new casino and they're bringing in, uh, this MMA fighter. Uh, and he's gonna like he's gonna be the thing that like opens up the show, op- opens up the casino, and like you know it's it's gonna be like not just the the first event, but it's gonna be like this big deal fucking event. And that guy is a piece of shit, and he rapes a waitress. And so our buddy the sheriff is like, well, we're gonna go arrest that that piece of shit. And the 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 crime lord guy is like, no, we can handle this. And like the dude's agent is like, no, it's not a big deal. And the casino people are like, no. And he's like, fuck that. We're doing this. And so there's this fucking fight, this bare knuckle fight between the MMA fighter and the sheriff. And there is a scene where, you know, and they beat the shit out of each other. Um, there's a scene where the sheriff grabs the fighter's hand. He grabs his pinkies, his pinky and his and his, his ring finger, and his forefinger and his middle finger, and he yanks. And oh my god, <laughs> it's, it is like it's a ripping sound. It is oh god, so fucking visceral. Oh, nice. oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Trisha Helfer. Trisha Helfer plays. The, the ex-girlfriend? No, 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 no. It's a woman that looks like Trisha Helper. That's right. It's not actually her. Um, it's, it's a woman who looks remarkably like her. Uh, but yeah, it's there's a lot of very attractive people, mostly naked, a fair amount of the time, <laughs> and then also not naked, beating the crap out of each other. Um, highly recommended. Highly recommended, Joe. Well, there you uh, go. But yeah, that's, that's where, like, that's where, like, that was sort of, like, his big, like, American break was this, this show on Showtime. Huh. Where's he from? He's Australian. Oh, he is. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, there you go. So if you like nudity and violence, apparently, check out Banshee. And if you mm-hmm. want to see Homelander without powers, just being a piece of shit. That seems to be a theme for him. <laughs> he's, he's, it, there, there's sort of like a, a an anti-hero, like hooker with a heart of gold kind of thing with him. Yeah. In, in Banshee, where he's, he's not a complete shit. 
Um, he was a thief, uh, and he, he worked for this like Russian mobster whose daughter that becomes, that's the girlfriend, uh, who, and she was also a fucking master thief and they worked together and shit. Um, and then wackiness ensues, you know, like you do. Like it does. Yeah. Like Um, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Anyway. Let's go ahead and wrap up uh, our discussion here. Guys, uh, thank you for tuning into another episode of At the Diner on the GGR Pirate Radio Network. Our fans and listeners, you guys are the fucking best because we are... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm laughing because it's like, it, it's ba- it, it blows my mind what's happening. Like, I guess pandemic has finally gotten enough people bored that they're just like, well, let's check out this GGR Pirate Radio thing because we are just exponentially growing like 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 three four five times more listeners than we ever had and it's amazing and the only thing i can say is thank you to all of you for sharing for liking for listening it's 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 humbling is the only word i can think of to to think that people want to listen to us talk about nonsense is, is just awesome so thank you guys so much for doing this thanks to james rambo thanks to mc brooks uh, for all that they do. Uh, thanks to Steve Monick, even though he's not on tonight, he is still with us in our hearts. Guys, we got another episode coming up. We're talking about Karate Kid. We're talking about Cobra Kai. So stay tuned for that. But for all of us here at the Great Geek Refuge, again, my name is Mike Lunsford. And remember, together, there are no heights we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!